Welcome to Nowhere Close to Famous, where we have extraordinary conversations with ordinary people. I'm your host, Josh Story, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Brooke Steele. Hey, people. And we have an exciting episode today. Well, first off, we say that every week. We do, but have we lied? No, we have not. We haven't. <laughs> uh, to, today is actually a new segment that we're calling Loki Famous With. Uh, it's a new type of episode because while we absolutely love to celebrate the stories of just the ordinary, um, sometimes ordinary people do kind of blow up. They do extraordinary things. Exactly. And so today is one of those examples. We get to sit down with Ty Summers, who is a linebacker for the Green Bay Packers. I've known Ty for a while. I knew him when he was in college and still just trying to figure out if he was going to go play pro or what he was going to do. And um, we got to catch up and talk about his rise in the NFL and what it's like to uh, defend against Aaron Rodgers in practice and, you know, draft day and all that stuff. It was a ton of fun. We did. We got to talk about a lot of really cool stuff, and he was such a nice and humble guy. It was fun to get to chat with him as somebody who never met him and who admittedly doesn't belong to Horn Frog Nation, <laughs> uh, but it was still fascinating, and so I'm excited for everybody to hear our chat with Ty. Yeah, so without further ado, here is our conversation with Ty Summers. Dude, welcome. It's been a long time. It's good to see you. It has been a long time. Thank you very much. Glad to glad to be here. Looking forward to talking to you. Yeah, dude. Um, Where are you coming from right now? Where are you? Right now, currently I'm in Friendswood, Texas, but uh, okay. my wife and I just bought a house and we're living in the Heights area, oh, so uh, more of the Houston metro area. Dude, that, that's awesome. That's a sweet spot. Oh, it's very nice. Yeah, we love it. Dude. Love it. We're so close. We're literally walking distance from all sorts of restaurants. And oh, stuff yeah. Doors. It's really cool. Dude, so speaking of, you you got married since the last time I saw you. So congrats on that. Thank you. Thank How you very much. I got married uh, last March 7th. Okay. Last March on the 7th. However you yeah. said it. Yes. Oh. So so y'all y'all just passed the first year mark, right? Just past first year. Yes, sir. Dude, that's awesome. So man. you got married just in time to quarantine with your wife for a really long time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we literally got married and we went on our honeymoon to uh, Belize and were there for a week. And the day we flew back it was, like I think, the last day before they cut off international travel. So we just barely made it back. <laughs> Dude, that's oh wild. Gosh. Yeah, it was nuts. What Dude. a first year of marriage. Yeah, for real, man. Oh, I know. Trust me. It was, uh, I don't know. It was one of those things. You, you, I don't know. For some reason, I kept thinking it wouldn't be that as big of a deal as people made it. Yeah. But when you go from, you know, just being engaged and, and or dating before that, of course, to then, you know, that whole step of moving in together and starting to form your home, but then you're with the person 24 seven. Yeah. yeah it, was, it was definitely an adjustment, you know, but it was, <laughs> uh, I think it was great because it was just a way for us to, to grow and mature, uh, grow our relationship even, even quicker. I'm um, just through all the cool. time we got to spend. Yeah, dude. That's awesome, man. Um, well, dude, so so much stuff that I want to ask you about. Um, but first, let's go back a little bit. What age did, did you start playing football? Started when I was six years old. Full contact, too. It wasn't, I didn't do any flag football. No, out in Huffman, Texas, all we did was uh, full contact. So we had that's it all, all. That's all you dude, know. <laughs> um. At what point did you realize, oh, shoot, I'm actually really good at this and I might actually have a shot at going to play in college? I would say six years old. That's kind of uh, <laughs> no, I said jokingly. I was a little bigger than most of the kids, so I'd score like every other time I had the ball in my hand. So, yeah. you know, I had really had a lot of fun. But I will say at, when I was six uh, was the age that I told my dad, I was like, Dad, I want to go play college and I want to play pro football. 
Yeah. I, I was telling that as a six-year-old, you know, <laughs> but to actually come to the realization that, okay, at least college was a possibility because college, uh, the, the idea that I'd be able to play college was um, probably hit me my uh, sophomore year when I started playing because I okay. played really well before I had an injury. I'm sorry. I take that back. That was my junior year. Well, okay. yeah. So I really only had one year starting on varsity, but I knew like my junior year when I played on varsity, I was like, before I got hurt, I was like, okay, like I can compete. I could definitely go play college. Yeah. Um, so it was at that point that I knew I could for that. But then um, professionally, you know, I was, of course, had the same desire that I want to go play pro football. And as long as I got a chance in college, I knew that I had a chance to go to the pros. So yeah. um, I would say it was probably my, even after my redshirt freshman year, my first year playing, I was like, man, I could play. I can, I can make it to the next level. I just got to keep yeah. improving. And I did, thank goodness. And I was able to uh, to make it to this point. So it was a tremendous blessing. It's been such a surreal experience, you know? Yeah, dude, I can it's almost imagine. like one of those like fairy tale stories that you kind of think of. It's like, it's all just working out. But not, not that everything was perfect. You know, there's yeah. a, lot of, a lot of bumps and, and valleys all over the place. But, you know, I'm here. And it's kind of crazy that I'm actually here. Dude, totally, man. How would you describe high school tie? High school tie. Um, I mean, I was not a partier. I had never, never went to a party in high school. I was really involved in church. Um, we had uh, youth youth ministry, so I was yeah, yeah. A, a leader for youth ministry in the church oh, cool. as well as a leader with FCA. Um, so my faith was, you know, still really important to me back then. And I just feel like I, I mean, I had a lot of drive. Um, just growing up, you know, cause again, I knew I wanted to go play college football and I, yeah, dude, totally. and I knew that it was possible. And so for me, I was like really focused. Like I saw, I've always seen things really black and white, you know? Gotcha. So it was, my thought was like, okay, is this going to glorify God or just going to help me get to the next level? If not, then I'm not going to do it. Yeah. So that was kind of like, that was the way my mindset was throughout high school. And I knew I had to do well in school, you know, for that. Not that I was a perfect student, but you know, <laughs> I knew I had, to, I had to try you know, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, totally. Did you feel pressure to like be a leader always? Cause I'm assuming you're playing at the professional level, which means you were probably the best player on the field at any given time at the high school level. And so did you, because of that, did you feel pressure to lead in every aspect of your life? I wouldn't say, see, yes, but I wouldn't even say I felt pressure. It was something that I wanted to do. Yeah. You know, I kind of have one of those, one of those personalities that, you know, I'm really outgoing and I, you know, I, I want, people to be happy when they're around me to feel encouraged motivated mm -hmm. that's just kind of how i'm wired so i want to bring that out of people so the best way to do that i felt was by example and then also yeah. vocally so i would always try to do it by example but then because i feel like i could say it vocally because i was also doing it by example if you know what i'm saying so that was yeah, kind of like totally. my driving factor kind of motivated me in both ways to be a leader i didn't you know and i also ended up having to be one because that was also my role as like that that player the quarterback all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it was something that I genuinely wanted to do. Yeah. Dude. So speaking of you being a quarterback, I, I remember a while ago us talking about, cause you're a linebacker right now. Uh, <laughs> and I remember talking to you in college about you playing quarterback and to be completely honest, bro, because I've only known you as like linebacker tie, I had a hard time envisioning you, but dude, yesterday I found one of your high school highlight reels <laughs> on YouTube, and dude, you had some like Patrick Mahomes kind of scrambling like sidearm throws. Got a little something. My, my nickname actually in uh, high school was Tybo after Tim oh, Tebow. No, really? Yeah, yeah. My nickname was Tybo. I mean, we're both left-handed 
quarterback and then like the you know being involved in fca and stuff yeah. so that was kind of all full circle so i love the nickname i was yeah. all about it but yeah <laughs> that's hilarious that's awesome. so did you want to go play quarterback in college you know yeah i did you know originally obviously that's that's what i did and yeah uh, i because i was so late getting recruited for that because i had injuries freshman sophomore and junior year i mean oh, okay first right whenever i got the starting job was because of an injury i was like oh, the no backup way. kind of wildcat quarterback guy receiver and i did all that stuff um my start the junior season off and i played really well i had a few touchdowns like five two touchdowns in the first couple of games or something and then the dude got hurt so i got to start technically i got to became the starter for like three drives and then broke my collarbone no so way. it was oh, kind of just one of those things like i had very little film and i ended up getting offered uh even despite that that next summer by rice oh, in no houston way. And that was my first offer. And I was going in my senior year. I still hadn't officially started a game um, in high school. Wow. Uh, and so at that point, though, they were going to – they were recruiting me as like a an athlete, kind of yeah. use me wherever, probably like a running back or a tight end or something like that. But they said if I had a good senior year that I could play quarterback. And so I was like – that was my motivating factor to do really well because mm-hmm. I wanted to play quarterback. Yeah, uh, totally. Um, now, I did really well. I mean, you still saw it. I had a little, had a little something. <laughs> but um, – you know, it, it, whenever – then I started getting interest from other teams like TCU, Baylor, yeah. um, and then a couple others that wanted me to play linebacker um, just because they already had – you know, by the time quarterbacks recruited early, yeah. they get – they're committed to schools by their sophomore – for oh, sure, wow. at least their year, typically. So, yeah. uh, most big schools already had their quarterbacks lined up. And they're like, we don't need a quarterback, but we want to use you. We think you play linebacker. And so, because now I went to Rice, like, hey, Rice, if you want me to play quarterback, I'll go there because I wanted to play quarterback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They're like, hey, we actually really want you to play this, like, wildcat position, of which I was like, okay, I don't want to play at a conference, conference USA, not right. even as a legit position. I don't even know how it translates to the NFL. Yeah, totally. So, like, I was like, you know what? I got a chance to go play for Gary Patterson under his defense at a beautiful campus, pretty close to home. You know, all yeah. these reasons that it worked, that, that it was meant to be. I was like, you know what? I'll go play linebacker. Yeah, yeah sure. well and like he's he's known for taking guys and just recruiting them as an athlete and then getting them ready to go on to the next level right that's one of his calling cards yeah definitely i mean there was a bunch of guys when i was there um that had been quarterbacks in high school there's probably about nine of us on defense i think my sophomore year i think i remember counting out then they had played quarterback in high school. Oh my God. They were like defense. So it was, I mean, it's, I mean, because typically, depending on where you're recruiting these guys from, a lot of small towns, you know, they don't have a lot of big talent coming out. So, like, your most athletic guy typically you'll put at quarterback because you want them to have the ball in their hands. So it's, and they're typically the smartest. All these reasons that you can use quarterbacks and they can translate to other sides of the ball and to do different things. So that's kind of what his perspective is. So he takes that, guys that have that kind of mindset and that kind of drive and, he just puts them wherever he thinks they athletically can fit. Dude, that's so cool. Was that a tough transition to just from from a skill standpoint to play a completely different position, specifically at the next level? It was. Um, well, especially because, you know, the type, the size of the alignment that I had to face. <laughs> I mean, the guys that I had, I was the you saw the film. I mean, I was as tall as my lineman. And then to go from being used to seeing guys like that to then come in where I have like Tayo Fabuje and Guys like Matt Pryor, who's now in the league, but guys that are six eight, six seven, three hundred twenty pounds and can move. Yeah, like it's that's I mean that's a different experience in and of itself. But is the size and speed of everything. But for me, it was kind of nice because quarterback, you're forced to think about everything. You have to know what your whole offense is doing, make sure they're doing the right thing. 
but you also have to know what the entire defense is doing. So there's a lot of thinking that was involved with it. Yeah, you know, totally. you kind of get comfortable, you're used to it, you can play, but like there's a lot more level of thinking you need to have from high school to college too. Oh yeah, totally. Mm. Having going to then play linebacker where, you know, I got to worry about my guys and I got to know a couple keys on offense, but other than that, I get to go just play, go hit people. So <laughs> a lot less thinking, um, kind of just going. So it, I was, I was excited about it. I feel like I was able to kind of fall into that role, having my quarterback experience, you know, I kind of knew what to expect. I knew what offensive plays were ran, you know, the kind of when they run them, cause I used to run it myself. And so I feel like a lot of my understanding of how to play football from the offensive perspective as a quarterback really translated well to the playing linebacker. Dude, that's awesome. When you went to college, what was it like becoming a college athlete? Because I think that there's a level of celebrity that we put on mm. college athletes where maybe in high school it was like, oh, yeah, that's Ty. Ty's really good. He's the quarterback or, you know, whatever. Um, did did you feel a sense of elevation or at least celebrity once you became a college athlete? I will say, yeah, it was definitely different. You know, I mean, whether it was from you would start with Instagram followers or just being able to walk into a restaurant, someone being like, hey, you're Ty Summers, you play linebacker, right, from TCU. You know, just like being noticed and recognized in different areas of people I've never seen before. Whereas in high school, you know, the people that were like, hey, Ty, what's up, dude? I mean, they're, you know, they're all people I went to school with for right, four totally. years. So I knew who they were. So it, it, it was definitely different uh, in, in a way is like, a slight taste of like what stardom feels like yeah um, which was kind of cool but i can see why people get themselves into trouble um with that as well but it was and it wasn't crazy tcu is a small school you right. know so it's not like it's i'm going to oklahoma and you're <laughs> baker mayfield known by every single person <laughs> you know what i'm saying so it's, it's different but it was kind of cool like to feel okay so people recognize me as a good player and like people i don't know so that's kind of cool. yeah the, the majority of the time was that fun or did it make you kind of self-conscious of you walk in a room and you're like oh everyone knows i'm in this room oh no i, I mean i'll be real it was fun you know it was <laughs> yeah, kind of fun yeah. walking in and people yeah. go hey ty what's up man or hey yeah. ty great game and it's one of those things that you can see why people let it get to their head yeah they sure. get kind of cocky and like oh whatever you know i'm too cool for school mm-hmm. and so i think it's all about the, the way you take it and for me i never let you know, let myself take it like that you know i always try to act like you know, I, I knew the person, you know, I never try to get weird about it. Like, Hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Equally back. Cause yeah. I didn't want to seem like that kind of person that was, yeah. that was a part of me that I had to think I had to act a little bit. Cause I didn't want to seem like I was trying to be cocky, like right. because people knew who I was, you know, I wanted them to feel lo- the love that I felt from them, you know? Yeah. Dude. That's a cool perspective. Yeah, totally. Um, so I remember having a conversation with you, I think right before your last season, where you were even thinking about maybe hanging up the cleats after after the season and going into business or something, what changed? Man, I would say for me, it just got kind of weird because, you know, I'd been playing linebacker, especially my redshirt freshman year and then my sophomore year, and I had a bunch of tackles, made some big plays, and it was all at inside linebacker. Um, and, you know, I was at the, at the rate that I was going, I, I could have probably been top three rounds mm-hmm. draft picks, like, for sure. Um, just with the sheer numbers that I was putting up. Yeah. Uh, but it got hard because I started having a couple injuries. You know, I'd already had my surgery on both my shoulders my first two years. But I was able to bounce back from those pretty good. But then I ended up, Coach P tried to put me at um, defensive end okay. just because I thought he was trying to help me for my game. It would translate well to the NFL and all these things. But my production went down like crazy. Um, I had high ankle sprains and then lingered for the first half of the season. So I wasn't playing the same. 
And then whenever he did put me back at inside linebacker, he had already had guys that were going the first half of the season. He felt really comfortable with the way they were playing because he's really superstitious. He doesn't <laughs> like changing things up too much. So he was like, yeah, I don't, I mean, I know Ty can play, but he hasn't been doing it for the first six games. So I'm just going to slowly get him into it. So it was like, I feel like wasted seasons, yeah. you know, for mm -hmm. my junior year and, um, you know, even, you know, kind of my senior year part of it too, because the same thing happened. Yeah. So, you know, I wasn't necessarily like, I would have been okay hanging it up. But it wouldn't have been my choice. Yeah. Like either way, I was going to try to make it to the league. I think myself, that was me trying to settle with the idea and in a way make myself okay with the idea that if it didn't work out, that I'd be all right. Yeah. And I was trying to make the mindset that way I wouldn't probably, you could say be hurt the fact that it didn't work and I yeah, wouldn't try totally. to blame anyone else. And, you know, I would just try to keep it on myself. Mm. Um, so that's probably the the biggest thing, but yeah, that was my mindset. I think just to kind of balance out my emotions for that time when it was really getting frustrating. Yeah, dude. I mean, I can imagine that that is, that's such a discouraging place to be when this has been your dream for so long. And then you move, you move positions and you realize it's like, ah, oh, dude, I was, I was right there in these, circumstances outside of my control might prohibit me from doing the thing that I've been working so hard to do for all my life. Was that just a really discouraging season? It was. I mean, it, and I will say this, I've never really told anyone stuff from like my family of this, but like I was getting to the point that I was thinking about transferring. Oh, really? Yeah. I was, I was thinking about transferring, um, going into my senior year because, you know, you hear the things about coach PE and kind of the way that, that he is. And I'd been, I'd got it. You ask anyone on the team, I got it the worst. I don't know what it was. <laughs> I got it the worst because I guess he had this really, really high expectation, which I appreciate. You know, he yeah. expected a lot, but it made it hard, you know, yeah, and totally. especially with the position change. And I had the feeling that it would happen again, which it ended up happening again my senior year. Um, so there was those things that kind of were pushing me away, you know, because I wanted to make sure that my, my senior year was great and I uh, gave myself the best chance to go to the league. Um, so that was kind of, that was kind of the discouraging factor at that point. And um, at the end of the day, though, I was like, you know what? I had a conversation with Coach Peaks. I don't know if he had, like, found, heard a rumor that that might be happening. I don't know how. But he called me randomly in the, office, in the, in the Christmas break when we were done. Yeah. Uh, told me, you know, that he was going to – that it wouldn't happen again, you know, that I was going to stay at linebacker. All these things. Oh, wow. That, you know, didn't necessarily all – pan out i mean the one with me being a captain like that panned out but that, that was, i would have been a captain anyways like that's yeah. kind of was my role anyways um but yeah with the position change so that was kind of i don't know there's a whole lot of things to go that <laughs> but yeah. either way i stayed yeah. at tcu yeah dude and it all it all worked out it all happened for a reason um dude, totally i think i was just pulling on my heart and that call even was a, a reason you know play, yeah. placed by god i think honestly to yeah. keep more so that i wouldn't be in the situation exactly if i would went somewhere else yeah totally I, I love how you're sharing about that, but I'm even just in listening as someone who doesn't know you or have any context to it immediately. So I didn't even go to TCU. So I'm, I'm outside of that, of that bubble. And so not knowing you as closely or knowing what your career looked like, but even in chatting with you now, it seems like there's a consistent, like you even reference this of just a lot of up and down. Um, and a lot of it sounds like was related to injury. So were those repeated injuries a bigger wear on you mentally or physically? I mean, I'd say the biggest thing, uh, the biggest thing with most injuries is the the mental aspect, especially when you're sitting out. If it's during mm -hmm. the season, especially like if it's something you can play through, it just is annoying. It's physical, right? Yeah. But if you're having to sit out and you see people working out, practicing, and getting better, and you're just constantly seeing people basically working to taking your spot, 
that's mm. that's the mental part. But I will say that because I had practice, you know, from injuries in high school, even um, yeah. I've always just told myself that everything happens for a reason. God's got a plan. And it's like that gave me that peace, that reassurance, knowing that this isn't the end for me. You know, this is and if it was, it's just all a part of the plan. I'm not going to I'm not going to overthink it. I'm not going to stress because I can't control it. Mm. Um, and that was always kind of my thought process. So the times that it would hit me mentally was probably the that was the worst more so than physically. Physically, I've always, you know, pushed through stuff, you know, because yeah. I've dealt with it. You know, I push through it. I can fight through it. That's that's what I've been ingrained with. Um, but the mental aspect was always the challenge. But even then, it's still I feel like. Personally, I feel like I did a pretty good job just because I can't control it. It's over with. All I can control is my rehab, um, my sleep, meals, what I do, everything that I, I can do control, I was controlling. That right. way I just love the rest of God. And that was uh, yeah. kind of gave me the most peace uh, through those awesome. times. I love that. That sounds so wise. And you make it sound like, oh, since day one, I've been rocking it. <laughs> God's plan, uh, which is so cool and admirable. But I imagine it took time and a lot of probably hard lessons and kind of come to Jesus moments to arrive at that of I mean, absolutely. I, I can only imagine. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and the biggest one was my uh, junior in high school when I broke my collarbone, like the situation I told you about yeah. when I finally yep. had the starting job for like three series. <laughs> yep. Broke my collarbone because that's where I was like, okay, well, this is it. I'm not going to go play college. And that's when I really, mm. really got low. That was my mm. my lowest point I feel like I'd ever been at was wow. at that moment. You know, that season, I was like, well, this is the year that I'm supposed to get an offer. You know, this yeah. is what it's supposed to happen for a quarterback. Yeah. And that was where I learned. That's where, that's where I feel like I had the experience that I needed to know how to handle anything else going forward. Cause God mm-hmm. still brought me through that. You know, he still brought me to TCU. He gave me mm-hmm. a tremendous senior season in high school. that gave me the chance to even have these kind of offers. Um, and at the end of the day, that's, 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 that was that learning experience for me. And after that, it was like, everything else was like that hurt. Sure. And it sucked to have to go through it, but yeah, that was, there was none of them were even any more stressful than that situation there yeah well and too i feel like you're very aware of the clock that's ticking in football because football is so physical and it's not like baseball or basketball where your season is dozens and dozens and dozens of games i mean football is a very limited schedule and if you're Mm -hmm. injured that's kind of it especially in a demanding role like you played even as quarterback as a young guy and then even going into as physical as a role as linebacker when you're out on when you're on injury list that's I mean, every game and every snap is, man, that's one less that I got to play. So that's mm-hmm. got to be – that's got to create a lot of mental toughness, which I'm sure serves you now super well yeah. at the next level, like at the level you're playing now. I mean, this is it. You're you're in the league. So <laughs> yeah, you made it. And so I've, I, it's got to be so cool. I think hindsight is so valuable. And when we're in hard things and hard seasons, by God's grace, I think a lot of times believers can lean into, okay, this is God's plan. He's in control. I'm not. I'm only responsible for what is in my control, and I'm going to do that well. And then he blesses that. And I think things I've seen from hard seasons in my life are hindsight is so valuable because it's like, man, that hurt and that was hard. But God protected me, I think, from feeling the full brunt of whatever I was in. But then the pain and the lessons learned will always serve you well later in life, too. Absolutely. Which I think is just a testament to God's kindness and faithfulness. Yeah, totally. Josh. Yes. I have to tell you about my most recent Golden Ratio moment. Ooh. Because it was amazing. So you know me, I was having a pal over. Always. And middle of the day, and I'd already had a couple cups of coffee. (laughs) And so I had crashed. 
and I was like, man, I need a caffeine boost. And it was cold and overcast outside. So I brewed up, me and my pal, some Golden Ratio. For her, I did the OG flavor. Okay. And for me, I went with pumpkin spice. I love which that. Which you might think, Brooke, so basic. <laughs> but it was delicious. And I love Golden Ratio, and I want our listeners to be able to know more about it, too, because it genuinely does give you all the benefits of a good caffeine kick without the acidity of coffee. So it's a really good trade-in. Um, and for our listeners, they can get a special deal. So if that's you and you're interested, go to drinkgoldenratio.com and use our promo code NOWHEREClose for 20% off your purchase. Um, and hey, you know, make Golden Ratio and Nowhere Close part of your morning commute or your afternoon pick-me-up. Fast forwarding a little bit, draft day comes. Walk like what does that feel like to just be? <laughs> I seem to like sitting on your couch watching it all day, thinking, "Are they going to call my name?" Or did did you have an idea beforehand that 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 you were getting called? I honestly uh, had been hearing that you know there was a good chance could have gone the fourth or fifth round. Oh wow! So you know, imagine what hearing that, that, having that expectation. And then the fourth and fifth round go by, you know, have a call. And then yeah. the sixth round goes by, and you're like, at this point, you're like, I'm getting calls from teams, but it's like, hey, like Ty, if you don't get picked, you know, we really want to sign you as a you know free agent. You know, I'm starting getting those calls, and that was like, man, I guess it's you know it's not happening. Um, and then I kept getting call after call from different teams. Hey, I'm getting a call from another team. Hello, hey, how you doing? And so I was going through about three or four of those, and then I answered. The next one was, hey, coach, sorry, I'm talking to the team. No team's calling. Answered it. And I heard it was the uh, our GM. You know, hey, oh, no. Ty, this is Brian Gutekrist, uh, Green Bay Packers. Just want to let you know we're drafting you with our next pick. And I was like, sitting back <laughs> I was like, what? And my family and friends were all around, too. And I was like, you're going to draft me? And everyone was like, wait, what? They're drafting? <laughs> you know, and everyone is, at that point, it's a party. You know, we're all yeah. excited. Um, but it was one of those feelings. It was like, man, I've worked for this for so long. Dude, and it was like totally. that sense of relief. It was like, ah, oh, I'm going somewhere. You know, it's Dude. happening. Um, so I feel like it's kind of cool that it was, you know, I'm, I'm just pumped I got drafted regardless. But yeah, totally. even the fact that it was the seventh round, you know, that kind of puts a little bit of an extra chip in my shoulder. Yeah, I can mm-hmm. imagine. Because I know the type of player that I'm that I'm capable of being. And I know I'm, I'm, I'm worth more than a seventh round. And now I just have the opportunity to go prove that throughout my yeah. career. So I'm excited to have – uh, this next year to see what you know see what happens yeah dude uh did you buy anything fun after you got signed no actually i didn't <laughs> uh I, I well i say that i didn't buy anything after my first year okay or but after my second season or like at the very end of it i actually bought uh an f-250 okay Nice. Yeah, because I have a, I had a, I have a nice truck. I have a Chevy Silverado. It was a yeah. 2013. You know, I have a little lift on it. Yeah, <laughs> it's it was it was a great truck. I had it since my senior year of high school. Um, you know, and I was kind of thinking about I was like wanting to do some stuff to my truck, but I was like, well, I'm not going to be gaining adding any value to it. I mean, I'm just going to be spending money on a truck that you know is a two wheel drive. <laughs> I was kind of it was kind of a poser truck to be honest. I just thought I just want to get it to look cool. Um, so I was like, man, I really want you know I really love f-250 and so ended up spontaneously going out first day second dealership <laughs> bought a truck <laughs> um, but that was my that was my splurge yeah that I did yeah that was Dude. it though other than that I mean, my wife and i we just got the house that's the other that's Dude, the that's other awesome. purchase right there but that's our 
those are our two because very, very responsible of you yeah dude for real man like i feel like every kid has has this dream of just going somewhere and popping bottles and you know all that stuff and you're just investing in homes and building equity and <laughs> that's hey, that is diversifying exactly. otherwise we'd be paying a bunch of money on rent i figured you know if we're gonna spend money on something especially if it's gonna be a long off season might as well put it into something so yeah man kind of uh, another reason for doing that as well so dude that's incredible what is your schedule like in season yeah um because you're based in texas so but you play for green bay so what is that like and how do you spend your time and walk us through that shoot so i mean each day is kind of different depending on the the part of the week um but an average day you know i'm getting in there at probably 7 45 i might have a workout in the morning if i do i get it in and we start meetings at 8 15 or 8 30 depending if they're special teams or you know position meetings or whatever it is we're doing um then we go through a series of meetings, you know, whether it's position, special teams, team, defense, you know, and then we have a, a walkthrough that then leads to practice. And then after practice, you know, this year was different to COVID. We used to have meetings after practice, but we really stopped doing that after like the first few weeks. Yeah. And we would do it like virtually on Zoom from our house um, or we just save the meetings the next morning. And so I'd get home probably the hours were nice too they got home kind of earlier this year too because of covid there's a couple like there's a couple good things that covid covid brought about um but we i'd get home by you know the latest probably 345 or four and by that time it's winter time it's like fall and winter time it'd be dark yeah it gets dark like four o'clock up there um yeah but that was kind of my cycle you know and then we'd have yeah. our days off or if we had a normal week played on sunday and we'd play the next sunday we'd have uh days off on tuesday mondays were a recovery day meetings from the game workout um and then we'd be off the rest of the time so it was uh kind of this routine it's a really a, a nice schedule i don't have to work i don't work nine to five you know occasionally my long days are 7 45 before and that's like twice a week and then i'm getting off by like 1 30 one day and then 11 30 another day dude that's awesome it's yeah. pretty it's pretty good hours <laughs> not a bad way to live yeah for real of course you know you got to do a little bit of hitting here and there your body's kind of sore but <laughs> yeah. your head might be jacked up but other than that you're uh, good <laughs> Every job has its pros and cons. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly right. So was it trippy when you got to the league and you found yourself playing against and with guys that you had grown up watching and, you know, I don't know if idolizing is the right word, but, I mean, you're playing with guys that you've watched for years. Was that pretty wild? Oh, man. Crazy. Um, especially guys, you know, like being a teammate with like Aaron Rodgers. You know, that's yeah. a big one. Uh, you grew up watching. I remember being a Cowboys fan growing up and just watching him make crazy plays and playoffs against Cowboys and getting all mad. Like, what the <laughs> heck? But knowing that this dude's like one of the best. Yeah, totally. Now he's a teammate and I'm going against him when I'm running like scout team after the offense and he's throwing no look passes and looking at me <laughs> to give me though this way and he's throwing it that way. I mean, it's just it's just crazy getting to witness that firsthand. But then line yeah. up against guys, I got to line up against Tom Brady, Dude, Drew Brees, yeah. Matt Ryan. Um, who else do I get to go against? I mean, there's just some some dudes, you know, that you grow up, like you said, grow up watching. So it was it was surreal, but I never let myself get like super nervous about it. Cool. Or else I tried not to. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't yeah. think about that. I was so worried about what I had to do when I was out there. But there were times like 
in timeouts or from on the sideline after I just came off a series and we stopped them. <laughs> I was, I would sit and think like, man, this is pretty cool. Like, yeah, yeah. I just, I just went against Tom Brady, you know, and uh, you know, forced him to throw an interception, you know, or whatever yeah, it is. Totally. You know, it was, it's just, it's, it's crazy. Very yeah. crazy. Who's been the hardest person to defend against? Uh, Alvin Kamara. Really? Okay. I mean that I played against. Yeah. Yeah. Just cause I mean, that dude's so slippery. Yeah. <laughs> and he makes it look so easy too. Like it doesn't even look like he's trying. Yeah. But he just makes people miss. Like I missed three tackles on him. But that was oh, my no first way. game playing. I was a little, you know, a little excited and all that yeah. too. But still, like <laughs> I missed three tackles on him in one game just because he's just shaky, you know? Yeah. It's so he, he's hard to defend against because Drew Brees would just say, All right, no one's open down the field. I'm just gonna throw it to him in the open yeah. space and see what he can do. And he's you can get yards. Yeah. So yeah. that was the biggest challenge. I mean, everyone else, this is the thing. Like, I started to recognize the more I played. Like, okay, like, I can hang with these guys. It's not mm. like these guys are all that. I mean, they're good players. Don't get me yeah. wrong. But, like, totally, I can compete. Yeah. That's got to be a good feeling to realize your dream and then realize, oh, they put their pants on one leg at a time <laughs> just like I do. Like, yeah. They're just normal yeah, exactly guys. And right. They're super talented and gifted, but so are you because you're there. I yes, think. Ma'am. That's got to be that's got to be cool. What have been some of your most surreal experiences you've had in the NFL? Was it your first game? Was it one of your first big stats? Was it halftime? Like, what have been some of your coolest? Like, whoa! I can't believe I do this for a living. Moment. I would say the first one was yeah, my first game against the Chicago Bears. It was the first game of the hundredth season of the NFL. Cool. And the crowd was roaring. It was in Chicago, and on the first punt, I was doing. I just did special teams my first year first punt uh we punted it off and uh Tariq Cohen caught it and I ended up making the tackle you know I got super excited so I was like <laughs> my, my hearing my name called for the, I mean yeah. I heard it during preseason but right uh, the season means com- is completely different yeah. and so I uh, hear my name called Ty Summers on the tackle which just fired me up you know yeah. that was yeah. a big one uh and then I would say the Saints game because I played we got nine tackles that was my first game playing defense so that was a big one against Drew Brees. And, That's awesome. Uh, we won that game, so that was awesome too. And then the championship game, playing against, you know, Tom Brady and the Bucks. Um, I mean, we lost, but it was, like, still crazy to be playing defense in the NFC championship. So yeah, those are my, my big three that I'm, I can think of right now. And there's other times the plays that I made there was really exciting, but those are the big three. Yeah. All right. This could be a hot take. <laughs> Speaking of the NFC championship, do you think the NFC Championship this year was really the Super Bowl? Because I feel like it was. I, it, the way the score ended up and the way it ended, yeah, you would think that that should have been. But you, you know the Chiefs, they could have come out and done gone crazy. I mean, yeah, I yeah. think they just were missing a few pieces that made it difficult for their offense to do anything. But that Buccaneers defense is pretty, pretty legit, though. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think it could have been. We could have definitely been the Super Bowl, but – Unfortunately, we're in the same, uh, I guess, the same conference. Yeah, yeah, dude. It was an awesome game, man. I was, uh, I was pulling for you guys. It was, it was a heartbreaker. For yeah, sure. it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun, but sad, sad ending. It was tough because we made it to the championship game two. My, both my years, uh, both seasons, I was here uh, in Green Bay. Uh, two in a row, NFC Championship lost. So, Dang, man. hopefully, this next year we'll actually we'll get there, you know, and win it. But yeah, we'll see. Dude, so when you think about the moments in your life that have kind of defined you, what do you think are the most defining moments that has made Ty Summers who Ty Summers is? 
Um, Tyson, I was just asking this. Uh, I don't know. I would say the first time I ever put pads on. Yeah. I started it right. Um, after that, I mean, obviously, I think a big moment was my injury. I had my junior year in high school. Um, that kind of helped shape a lot of not just football, you know, but my mentality it was the biggest thing. Uh, the way I thought about things, the way I really began to know what trusting God looks like and felt like. Um, and then my, uh, see, I keep, I try not to just focus on football, but I mean, it is a big part of your life, bro. I grew up in a household, so it's like, I can't really think there's like, there's not a moment that I just found Jesus. I was just raised in it. So yeah. that would be another big moment, but I was, yeah. I was raised in it, you know, that's how yeah. I was just, I was taught on a daily basis, you know, what it meant to be a Christian, what it meant to be a leader and to pursue God and, and all that. So, um, there wasn't really a big moment for me in, in that regard, but yeah. um, I think being a part of FCA, that was a big, big factor in my life. Being able to speak in front of a lot of, do a lot of events, a lot of Bible studies um, really impacted me too. Cause then that kind of helped me really realize what it meant to be, to not just say the right thing, but do the right thing. Cause if you say it, you better do it. <laughs> yeah. So totally. that's kind of, that was a big thing for me. I think that's, that's a big role the FCA played. Um, and of course, Josh, meeting you, man. <laughs> that was the right answer. <laughs> he, no, I, I will say seriously, I've mentioned it multiple times, having gone to Aardvark, you know, and I actually had uh, had dinner with Alex and Janie. Oh, no way. Yeah, we saw them at one of the walking trails I hear in Houston. And we're like, Alex, what's up, dude? Dude, that's hilarious. <laughs> and I was getting dinner with them. But like I told him, I was like, how much of a you know impact they had and how much, it, you know, how much I enjoyed being there, too. So I will say that definitely was a big part of my college experience. Um, that was where, you know, I continue to maintain, maintain my faith and continue to grow. So that was definitely, that really was a big part um, of me and who I am as well. Um, oh, thanks, dude. And I think everything that I dealt with, you know, with Coach P and the TCU experience, all the good, all the bad, I think it all yeah. full circle just helped shape me into who I am through the experiences, injuries, criticism, doubt, um, getting pushed, you know, everything. I, I, it's, hard to, it's hard to pinpoint it. It really yeah, is. Yeah, dude, totally. And I think that's that's the beauty of life is there's mm. all all these things that shape us, but we never arrive, right? And there's always going to be things that continue to shape us and stuff like that. So, uh, dude, that's really cool. Um, I bro, before we let you go, can we ask you some kind of fun random questions? Yeah, of course, of course. <laughs> okay, so we'll start with one that we love to ask all of our guests. Um, do you have any oddly specific love languages? I will say. Um, I love when uh, dishes, right? So <laughs> I've always, I've had uh, the habit of, you know, in college, you know, my roommates didn't clean up other stuff. For me, like, I really appreciate when people like do stuff for me, mm. you know, kind of like acts of service, I think is, yeah, I think yeah. is one. So I like to do that for people because I know that would make me feel good. You know, that's kind of how yeah, people yeah. Tend, to, tend to operate. Mm -hmm. And so for me, like when my wife will, you know, pick up my we're eating dinner and she'll get up first and she'll pick up my dish and take it over and clean it off like that means a lot to me yeah yeah. Mm. you know it's like the little thing just kind of like trying to help help me out you know or just ask if she can do anything for me or i get home and, and the the house is clean you know those kind of things those are what really really yeah. gets me for yeah. sure dude that's awesome just a humble guy humble guy <laughs> Um, how about this? What is your like go-to story? If you're at a party and there's like a lull in conversation, 
like do you have like a go-to party story that you like bust out if you really want to like get people going like fun like a funny story or just any yeah story? yeah i mean just like any story it's like there's a lull and it's like all right i gotta save the moment <laughs> man hey i think it depends on the crowd i think that's yeah. a big one <laughs> uh depends on who you're working with but i mean i guess I don't know. I'm kind of stuck with football because I get every time I talk yeah. to people and I meet people, it's, they're always asking about, you know, what's it like in Green Bay? What's it like in the NFL? Yeah, yeah. So I would say my go-to one is like talking about just feeling dumb. <laughs> it's like whenever, anytime you go against Aaron Rodgers, you feel dumb because <laughs> he's just like that good. Yeah. <laughs> it's just the times that he'll literally drop back and, and I know where the route's supposed to be. Like I can feel the receiver behind me. Yeah. And he'll purposely like look one way to get me to go there, even though I know he's behind me. He'll do that and throw a right where I was at, and you say, "Got you, Ty." <laughs> I'm like, oh. and it's like happened so many times to the point that I literally he'll look one way and I'll run the other way just to, throw, <laughs> just to see if he's trying to catch me. Yeah, uh, that would probably be my only kind of humorous story. I'm not. I'm not. That's so funny. My memory's not the best. I don't know if <laughs> what it is, but I'm not very no. good at remembering stories or telling them. So. I kind of like limited uh, in that category. That's hilarious. Well, you have a coworker that picked on you, and that is a worthy story because your coworker's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, so. yeah, no, it's, yeah. I'm cool with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there are worse stories, I assure you. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so, last question that we ask everybody: This podcast is called Nowhere Close to Famous. But if you could be famous for anything other than football, what would you want to be famous for? I don't want to be famous for like what Tebow uh, Tebow's famous for, aside from his football career. Yeah, you know, it's like he has his, the big big event that he does with special needs, and he's doing missions all around the world. Like that, I mean, anything that involves your my faith, you know, or just being like a just a, a good person, you know, someone that motivates people. Like let's say a motivational speaker, maybe yeah. like something. Like that would be something that would be, I think would be really cool to be famous for, or to be a really good singer. That's kind of cool. <laughs> <laughs> one of the two. We're going to see Ty on the mask singer one day and be like, you're welcome. <laughs> Except that would sound really bad. I haven't seen that, but I don't know if it's in their actual voices or what the deal is. Uh, yeah. Because with the actual voice, it would be very, very bad. So I would never do <laughs> any singing show. But it would hey. be cool to be able to sing. There dude, you go. That's awesome. <laughs> well, bro, you've been very, very generous to us. I mean, I'll uh, let you go. But, dude, um, thank you so much for taking time, man. I really appreciate it. And good to see you dude it's been a long time yeah this was so fun no, glad for you. Hanging I was out looking with forward us. to talking to you man it's been a while yeah dude well man uh bulk up bro you're a little small from <laughs> at least from the zoom so <laughs> i think i think it's the angle yeah it was, is probably you're right <laughs> <laughs> appreciate that though it was good good talking to you guys yeah, thanks man. ty have a good one bud see you dude all right y'all take care god bless Well, we hope that you enjoyed our interview with Ty Summers. And if you did, uh, we have many more coming your way just like it. So make sure that you hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. And while you're at it, if you're not already following us on Instagram, go ahead and find us on Instagram at Nowhere Close to Famous Pod. And that's another fun way to keep up with us. Absolutely. And as always, thank you for listening. Stay ordinary.